Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Give Your Life to the Lord as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Before I confess my sin, hey, I was just dried up inside. It was like the drought of summer. I was so dry and parched. My bones were aching. For the hand of God was heavy on me. Then I said, I will confess my sin unto the Lord, and thou forgavest my sin. Just before he got the words out of his mouth, the minute in his heart, he said, Oh, I'm so horrible. I'm just going to confess. I'm going to just turn it over to God. In that moment, the cleansing and the forgiveness came. And that's just how anxious God is to cleanse and forgive you. The moment in your heart, you say, God, I have sinned. I'm sorry. Woe is me. I'm crooked. My lips are unclean. Just that quick, the seraphim came and said, hey, your crookedness is taken away. Your sin is cleansed. Oh, the beautiful work of God's grace and the forgiveness in his love for us. All he asks is you just confess. And he is willing and wanting to wash and cleanse you from all your sins. But that isn't the end of it. God does want to work in your life. God will work in your life if you give him the opportunity. But God never stops there. God wants to work through your life. There is a needy world out there. It's in darkness. You are dwelling in the midst of people of unclean lips. And they need to know that God will wash and cleanse them also. And so the work of God in your life always ends up objectively. First of all, subjective, what God can do for you, but then what God can do through you to touch others. And that's what it's all about. So, I saw God. When I saw God, I said, woe is me. When he heard them declare holy, 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 declaring the holiness of God, then you see yourself, hey, woe is me, I'm crooked. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall we send? Who will go for us? Then said I, Now he's speaking again. But now this is a different, this is a man who has now been cleansed. This is a man whose life has been touched by the fire of God. And he said, who shall we send? Then said I, here am I, Lord, send me. Once God has touched your life, then God wants to use your life to touch others. God has a work that he wants to do. And the problem is always, who will go for us? Whom will we send? Jesus said, behold, the fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are few. Who will go for us? Whom shall we send? And the man whose life has been touched by God becomes then an available instrument for God. Here am I, Lord. Send me in his commission. And so God said to him, Go and tell this people. Now, 
at this time, Judah was on the road down. They had forsaken the living God. Idol worship had been introduced. There were times of spiritual reform, but they were usually surface. They never got into the real heart of the nation itself. And yet God wasn't going to just let them be destroyed without still a witness. But they weren't going to really listen to the witness, but still God was going to be faithful and witness to them anyhow. And that is to me an interesting thing about God. Even though a person isn't going to respond, even though a person won't listen, yet God will still give them the chance. God will still speak to them. He doesn't cease talking. And so he said, go tell this people. You may hear indeed, but you don't understand. You may see indeed, but you're really not seeing. You don't perceive. And so God said, make the heart of the people fat. That is, give them the word. Give them the message of God that they'll have no excuse. Their ears heavy. Just hang the message on them. And shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and be converted and be healed. Isaiah responded to the Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities are wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate. Now, God was going to continue to preach to these people and continue to warn these people and continue to give them opportunity until the whole land was desolate. Till the last one was left. God will continue his witness. Even as God will continue his witness to the world today and is bearing witness to the world today, but the world today isn't listening. They're making fun of the witness of God. But still we are to witness. God will not leave himself without a witness. All oh, the political cartoonists on the editorial pages are having a field day with a moral majority. And with creation and evolution. I saw in... Daily Pilot today in the editorial page, a cartoon of some big fat slob saying to his little son who's coming home from school with his books, God made me in his own image, you know, and after his likeness, I didn't evolve. And it, it's just dispersion it, that is cast against God, really. And, and, Still we're to preach. Still we're to bear witness. Still we're to warn. Though they don't listen, though they don't see, though their hearts are heavy, though their eyes are blinded, still God wants a witness left with him. Until the place is desolate, there's nothing left. God will bear witness now. The church is the instrument by which God is bearing his witness to the world today, but the church will soon be taken up. 
The witness of the church is just about over. Once the church is taken out, it doesn't mean God's witness is over. Just the witness of the church is over. God's going to send two witnesses, powerful witnesses with all kinds of power, and he's sending them to Jerusalem. God will also seal 144,000 of the Jews that will be witnesses for him during these dark, dark, dark hours that are coming upon the earth. And then God is even going to send angels flying through the midst of heaven, orbiting the earth, bearing witness and preaching the everlasting gospel and warning men not to take the mark of the beast. Even down to the end, even by angelic beings, God is going to keep his witness going until the whole place is desolate, left without inhabitant. For God is faithful in bearing his witness to the people. And so how long, Lord? Till the whole thing is over. And so the witnesses, God had his witnesses, his prophets, who were warning the people right up until and through the time that Nebuchadnezzar carried off the first captives. Jeremiah was still there bearing witness to the people. Time to repent and turn to God and get right with God. And the Lord has removed people far away and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land, but yet it shall be that a tenth will return and shall be eaten as a teal tree and an oak whose substance is in them. When they cast their leaves, so the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. In other words, an oak tree casts its leaves that looks like it's dead, but yet it comes back. A teal tree looks like it's so dead, but yet it comes back. So it will look like the nation Israel is dead. It will appear that way, but yet God said, I'll bring them back. A tenth part, only one in ten will return, but I will bring them back. And so God's promise of bringing the people back from the captivity. Now, Uzziah is dead, and his grandson Ahaz is reigning. It came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, the king of Judah, that Rezin was the king of Syria, and Pekah was the son of Ramaleah, the king of Israel. So Pekah was ruling in Israel. He had assassinated the previous king. And Syria and Israel, the northern kingdom, had confederated together to attack Judah, the southern kingdom. And so they came up toward Jerusalem to war against it, but they could not prevail against it. And it was told the house of David, saying, Syria has confederated with Ephraim. And his heart was moved, and the heart of the people, as the trees of the wood are moved with the wind. In other words, they began to tremble because they said, oh, there's a confederacy. Those two nations are coming against us. No. What are we going to do? Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth now to meet Ahaz, thou and Shirjazah, now, Shirjazhab means a remnant shall return. Shirhaz, and that was the name of his son, Shirjazhab. Quite a name for a boy, but he's got one with a better name. Malashallah Hazbaz. <laughs> That's quite a tag to put on a kid, isn't it? And meet them at the conduit, the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the highway that is the fuller's field. And say unto him, Take heed and be quiet. Fear not, neither be faint-hearted. 
for the two tails of these smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger of resin, and because of the son of Ramalea or Pekah. Because, don't be afraid, don't be faint-hearted, just be quiet before God, because Syria and Ephraim have taken evil counsel against thee, saying, let's go up to Judah and vex it. Let's make a breach therein for us and set a king in the midst of it, even the son of Tabiel. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall not stand. Their confederacy isn't going to stand. Neither shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus. The head of Damascus is Rezin, who was the king. And within 65 years, Ephraim will be broken that it be not a people. So the northern kingdom of Israel, of which Ephraim was the chief tribe, in 65 years, they're not going to exist any longer. And sure enough, within 65 years, the Assyrians destroyed them. The head of Ephraim is Samaria. That was the capital city of the northern kingdom. And the head of Samaria is Ramalea's son, which was Pekah, if ye will not believe, surely ye shall not be established. Now, just don't be afraid. Don't be faint-hearted. God's going to take care of it. The confederacy that they've made against you isn't going to stand. God's going to break it. Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will ye weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and to choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you abhor shall be forsaken of both of her kings. So these kings, Rezin and Pekah, are going to be wiped out. Now, herein is where the prophets wrote as they were inspired of the Holy Spirit but did not understand the things that they were writing about and how that he was writing of a local instance but yet it had a prophetic aspect towards the future. And much of prophecy has a twofold interpretation. They call it the near and the far. And this is true of much prophecy. In fact, it says that these men wrote of things that they did not understand. Earnestly, they desired to, to know these things of which they wrote. But they really didn't understand them, but they were writing inspired of the Holy Spirit. And in the near prophecy, a child was to be born. Or before a child born at that period was old enough to know evil, to choose good, or the age of accountability, 12, 13 years old, or what he is saying, within 12 or 13 years, both Pekah and Rezin are going to get wiped out. They'll no longer be reigning over Syria and over Samaria within 12 or 13 years. But the prophecy in its long term 
was a prophecy of the birth of Jesus Christ. In that the Lord himself shall give you a sign, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. We know that that is a prophecy of Jesus Christ because it is interpreted by the Holy Spirit in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 23, as a prophecy. When it speaks there of how Mary and Joseph were engaged, but before they had had relations, Mary was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit, that it might be fulfilled according to the word of the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So Matthew's gospel, as Matthew writing by the Holy Spirit, interprets this passage of Scripture. He interprets it to be a prophecy of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Now the Hebrew scholar Genensius, who has written a Hebrew lexicon and is recognized as one of the outstanding Hebrew scholars, has suggested that the Hebrew word here, translated virgin, uh, should be translated a young maiden. You know why he suggests that? Because he said he doesn't believe in miracles and it would be a miracle for a virgin to have a, a child. And so that's why he said, and that's why he translates this young maiden. And of course, Revised Standard and a lot of the new translations pick up uh, the unbelief of Genensius and translate this, a young maiden shall conceive. Well, what's so much of a sign about that? That happens every day. It takes away the whole thrust of the scripture. But a virgin shall conceive. The Greek word that was translated by these 70 scholars who translated the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament 200 years before Christ, they chose to translate this Hebrew word with a Greek word that can only mean virgin. And that God intended virgin is obvious because of Mary. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Beautiful name. God is with us. So that is the far interpretation of this prophecy. The near was that within 12 years, a child born now within 12 years, by the time he's age of accountability, knows good from evil, both these kings that have conspired against you will be wiped out, and that was true. Now he does predict the impending invasion of Judah. The Lord shall bring upon thee and upon thy people and upon thy father's house. He remember, he's talking to Ahaz, the king. Days that have not come upon the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, even the king of Assyria. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall hiss for the fly that is in the uttermost part of the rivers of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. And they shall come and shall rest all of them in the desolate valleys and in the holes of the rocks and upon the thorns and upon all the bushes. 
And in the same day shall the Lord shave with a razor that is hired, namely those that are beyond the river, by the king of the Assyria, the head, and the hair of his feet, and he shall consume the beard. Now what God is talking about is that God is going to raise up another kingdom, and that is the kingdom of Assyria. And Assyria is going to invade and wipe out Syria. Assyria was over a little further north and east from Syria. And so sometimes people get confused with Syria and Assyria. Syria is going to be destroyed. Here they are planning an invasion, but Syria will be destroyed by Assyria. And God is going to bring Egypt up in an invasion within the land. And it shall come to pass in that day that a man shall nourish a young cow and two sheep. And he speaks of the abundance of milk that they shall give. Actually, because there's not very many people left around. The land, the tilled land, is turned into briars and thorns. And uh, all of the hills will be digged with a mattock, and there shall not come thither the fear of briars and thorns, but it shall be for the sending forth of oxen, the treading of the lesser cattle. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 6-7 through when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and give you a beautiful week. May his hand be upon your life. And may the flame of love really begin to burn in your heart towards God. That this will be a week in which you're really in tune, in harmony with him. And that love and and commitment is restored. And and it's just a glorious week of, of thinking of him, worshiping him, serving him, loving him. May God be pleased with you in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Come along on an exciting adventure as Pastor Chuck reads the story of the Ten Commandments to children. God wants us to keep the Ten Commandments, but we just can't do it. So Jesus came and did it for us. Featuring Pastor Ken Graves as the voice of God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image 
Honor your father and your mother. And Pastor Poncha Juarez as the voice of Moses. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. And so many others. No, I will not let God's people go. Oh no, here comes the water. Go back to Egypt. Tell Pharaoh to release my people. To order the story of the Ten Commandments book by Pastor Chuck, which comes with the audio CD as a gift, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD. Or to see a sneak preview of the book, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.